we should have read this. We didn't read the Knight's Tale before doing this. The, the we failed. The actual Knight's Tale in Canterbury Tales has little to, little to nothing to do with the movie. Then it's a lie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to join the many and many other film podcasts where, but we're not going to be critics. We're not going to do a review. We're just going to ask the question at the end of the movie. So did we like it? Uh, And it seems my co-host has our introductions today. Yes, a very special introduction. My lords, my ladies, and my non-binary babies. Today, I, Kaz, your host for tonight, have the privilege, no, nay I say, the pleasure of introducing to you your lord and co-host, a knight so brave, he faced down the armies of Gwyn and his generals. He has slayed many a dragon, crashed many a castle, and saved many a pure maiden. And yet, he inspired me further in the land of Skyloft, where he saved the people yet again from the very essence of demise. Bob Ross walked so that he may run. Matt Mercer dreams of one day creating a storyline befitting of his DM prowess. He is the one, the only, Sir <laughs> Oh my fucking god! That was amazing. What was that? Now I'm tired. I'm gonna rest the rest of this. You go on. You got this. <laughs> I can't. I, <laughs> what? The moment I knew we were gonna do a Night's Tale, I was like, hey, can I introduce us both? You could do the intro, but I wanna introduce us because I totally wanna blow smoke up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So there you go. If you've ever wanted a compliment from me, this is all you're getting. <laughs> Frankly, there's people who would pay for this. <laughs> I feel equally proud of myself and ashamed of myself at the same time right now. <laughs> and I don't know how those emotions can even exist. Just isolate that audio, put it on your phone whenever you're having a bad day. Oh my gosh. Oh, I need a minute. And Nan can tell you, oh. I'm sitting here. I got no script. I was just like, all right, I'm just... Rehearse the thought of what I'm going to say. Rehearse it a bit. You know the part that I told you? I was like, okay, I have to get through this without laughing. And that was Bob Ross walks so that he may run. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. That is right, everybody. This week we checked out A Knight's Tale, written and directed by Brian Helgeland, based on The Knight's Tale by Jeffrey Chaucer, starring the late, great Heath Ledger. As well as Paul Bettany, Alan Tudyk, Mark Addy. We even have James Purefoy in the mix. This movie is what <laughs> my like whole idea for the my Twitch channel is based off of. Yeah, so you had to get a night's nice intro, clearly. <laughs> I otherwise what's I'm it trying all for? my best. What was it all before? I'm trying my best here to get us focused in on this podcast. But the introduction just keeps going on in my head. Okay, well, here's how we get started. So that introduction's based off of the great, amazing speeches that Paul Bettany, as Chaucer, gives at the start of these. He's a fucking ring announcer. 
that just has like this amazing energy with doing these introductions. These so so like over the top flamboyant entrances. Uh, so much so that even some of the other uh, like uh, the other um, I don't know stewards or squires of the other knights try to like match him, and they don't. They don't get anywhere near because he is amazing. Chaucer's the best part of this movie. Oh, oh, when um, he fights uh, Sir Colville, who is secretly uh, Edward the Black Prince, uh, and Thomas, uh, Sir, Sir Thomas, Thomas. Uh, Colville's announcer goes before him, and Chaucer just walks up, just like, "Wow, that was, like you're good, you're good." And that is the it was the equivalent of Chaucer just going like. God, you are so cute. Now let let the adults start playing around now. Yeah, just spitting in his hands, going, watch this. <laughs> let me show you how to pull a rabbit out of a hat right now. <laughs> it is great. I think the best or the the the, the, the best attempt they can up, come up with was that one guy while they're like shining a mirror in his face, which Chaucer's doing. He's sabotaging that man for Adamir. <laughs> he's like announcing it and he's trying to match up to like the protector of Italian virginity, which you can't beat that. So he starts going, defender of his manhood, his enormous manhood. What is That's it? The, the privilege of walking through the garden of his turbulence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite line that I kept telling you at work. We walk in the garden of his turbulence. <laughs> Chaucer's great. Surprise me again in Greece when he spent an entire year sequestered in silence to better understand the sound of a whisper. Like, it is the best energy for any hype man in any existing era. You know, uh, I'm going to open with a little bit of a fun fact. That first, that first, um, this is what I've heard. I've not bothered to verify anything, as I never, ever do. Uh, supposedly, that first uh, speech that he gave, where he ends with, we walk in the garden of his turbulence, and he's holding up his arm, and everyone's just stone-cold silent. Supposedly... They were filming that in Prague, and no one there spoke English, so they weren't sure if if he was done or if they were supposed to cheer. So it wasn't until the guy playing Roland, fucking Bobby Baratheon, right? They're going, yeah! That everyone was like, yeah! (laughs) Yes! Behold my Lord Ulrich! The Rock! The hard place! Like a wind from Gotland, he sweeps by, blown far from his homeland in search of glory and honor. We walk! In the garden of his turbulence. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Bobby Baratheon. I just put that together. Holy (laughs) shit. What? This is the second time in a week you've been like, this is two weeks in a row you've done this to me, man. Whoa. Fucking Bobby B's great. He's also the best part of season one of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Bobby B is one of the best parts of this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like the team dad. He's so great. <laughs> that is the best way to put it. He is definitely the team dad in this movie. And you just really hope that like at the end of it, like after a really tough practice, he just goes up to you just like, hey, it's okay. You know, sometimes we all make mistakes, but we know you're going to try harder. And that's all we expect. That's all yeah. we want. You've got this. And just like has that warm look in his eye and just like, I can do anything under your warm gaze, Bobby B. (laughs) We're going to call him Bobby B from now on. Really confused things. Um, I can't drop it now. Yeah, like he got a, we got that first, well, yeah, the first uh, jousting tournament where he's like, all right, you just got to stay on the horse. That's all you got to do. You stay on the horse and we win. 
Uh, and like, yeah, he gets his fucking shit pushed in. Like the fucking lance goes into his helmet. It's dented in. He's like barely hanging on, but he's there. Watts like celebrating like crazy because he stayed on the horse. But immediately Roland is just like, oh shit. And he's like going and he's like, well, Watts cheering and, you know, and happy celebrating in the background. Like fucking Roland's over there just like making sure that their boy William's okay. Because apparently they've known each other since like childhood. Well, since Will was a child. Yeah, it was really interesting seeing that, like, later on in that, that flashback when William first joined on with Sir Ector, who, like, passes away at the beginning of the movie. That's why William gets his chance to yes. to joust. The smark of his life was smothered in shite. <laughs> the, the spark of his life is gone, but his stench remains. <laughs> he has known William longer than I think William's father or just as long as William's father has known William you know I I think probably longer actually yeah yeah he might have known said he was gone for what 10 12 years 12 years and by the time he left he looked like he was only like eight yeah he looked like he was seven or eight like yeah so Roland has even known him longer than he's known his own father and it shows in their like relationship even though when he wants like Watt came on later in that show at the beginning because Watt wants his five silver pieces instead of this big gamble of trying to fake being a lord. But William just knows how to play Roland. Yeah, well, even even Roland goes and fights him for his money, but then, like, you fucking William just knows exactly what to do, like you said, and he just pleads with with Roland. He said, come on. He's like, God help you, William. And we all know that, like... Roland believed in him. Roland knew he had a chance. Oh, God love, God love, God you, love you, William. There you go. Yeah, because he knew already. Like that comes even if they weren't going to win jousting. Like the sword was like already in the bag. That line comes back again, and it's like one of those. Like this is a movie where I was like, I tell you, I was like, oh yeah, I love that movie. It's fun as shit. But then like every time I think about the movie, I'm just like, they're such good friends. They love each other. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. The lot when he says, "God love you, William," again, and so do I. I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Move the fuck over, Yu-Gi-Oh! You and you're a friend of a pharaoh. Oh. This is friendship coming together, <laughs> being so strong. They made their friend a lord. That is yeah. the power of friendship there. The, yeah, that's what I, was, I think. I was like, oh, yeah, is this, like, the best? I told you at work. I was like, is this the best, like, Western version of, like, the power of friendship conquering all? It is the greatest example of Western friendship powering, like, overcoming any obstacle. William does everything right, and he changes his fucking stars, and he doesn't do it alone. He does it because he makes friends, he's kind-hearted, and he does the right thing, and it just happened by luck that it helps and worked. And before you ask us, is William a Mary Sue? We have reason to disprove that later on, but we'll, let's, let's, we'll talk more about the movie before we get there. I... Oh, good. I wasn't sure we were going to talk more about the movie. <laughs> I actually really love, after the first Joust tournament at the beginning of the movie, the training sequence where it's just like, what's the song? Like, uh, Lowrider? Lowrider <laughs> by War. <laughs> While we just... And he's bad. He's bad at Joust. He's great at the sword. He could, he could take two people on at once without a problem at the sword. But jousting Lord, trained him really well in the sword, but I think jousting would have been something that would have been, uh, well, one, there was only one horse, but I think all he ever, no, no, he used him, he, he taught him the sword for practice, but he, yeah, I think it would have been like a, I don't know, pa- a little 
passe, a little against the rules to teach him to joust. Yeah, the the most experience he had with jousting was um, Sir Ector used him as like a target. Like they would pat him up. So he knew what it was yeah. like to be hit by a lance, which is what <laughs> kept true. him from falling off. Which, let's be real, um, man, like you've got to have some steel nerves to get hit by one of those. Yeah. <laughs> like that is... Even wa- even knowing that this is just a movie and that, like, of course, there's, like, all the safety features, it's it's brutal to watch jousting. Well, I mean, they they got hollowed out. Bul- from what I've heard, once again, I can't confirm any of these, but from what I've heard, they got hollowed out balsa wood and they would score it along the ways that they wanted it to break. And then to make it look better on camera when you have shards of wood flying at people, they filled it with pasta? Because apparently the pasta stayed in the air just that much longer. Ah, uh, I see. That's actually <laughs> really fucking cool. Yeah, and so yeah, they're just showering people with pasta. Which well, I don't know why I have all these fun facts about this movie. I was like, I was telling you like before this podcast, I was like, I know all these weird facts about this movie. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what I saw <laughs> a long time ago, but apparently. I've heard things about this movie. There's also, like, parties and orgies and shit over at um, Lord Adamar's house, apparently. Apparently, that guy was a real party animal. But I don't, like I said, I can't confirm any of this. Where I heard that? Like, the actor or the actual character? (laughs) Would if it was only like, oh, yes. It was was actually a lord in that movie. (laughs) No, the guy who played him, I I can't remember his name. It starts with an R. Rue, Rue, Rufus. I want to say Rufus, Rufus, but I feel like that's wrong. It is Rufus. Yeah, yeah. So the guy playing Lord Adamar, apparently a real fucking party animal. But um, I don't want to spread conjecture because I heard something maybe five, ten years ago. You walk into a bar with Rufus Sewell and Vinnie Jones. You walk out and the bar's on fire. <laughs> you walk out with Vinnie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> now, after this training sequence, and obviously after this montage, he has gotten so much better at jousting. Is he good? Eh, but is he passable? He has one advantage. Sure. One advantage that his technique is absolute shite, as they say. Well, they didn't specifically say that, but it is. Um, But he has one advantage, which they think is a quirk, and they think it's bravery or foolishness. Always keeps his eye on the target. He never turns away to protect his eyes. Yeah. He will always stare down his prey. And so, yeah, I think even Lord Adamar and uh, I think another jouster, or is it someone else? Um, they're like, oh yeah. I think it's his announcer. Oh okay, it's his herald or whatever. Um, yeah, with uh, with Jocelyn. Yeah, and yeah, there's just like strange technique. Yeah, his technique's absolute piss poor, but he never flinches. He never turns away. No, no. And she she loves it. Gets her all wet. She's just like <laughs> he keeps his eye on the target. Yeah, because that's the thing I kept yep. saying while we we're watching this movie. Because every time Adamar is trying to hit on her, he's just like, "Oh yes, the poor—they're just such horrible things, aren't there?" And oh yes, you know, people are meant to be conquered, and uh, kindness or or mercy is cowardice. And it's just every time he's doing that, I'm just like, "Well, she's dry now, <laughs> just dry." And his signature catchphrase: "You have been measured, you have been weighed, and you have been found." Wanting. Which is pretty good for a villain uh, line, actually. Yeah, for like uh, for like a nobleman, like that's a that's a slap in the face right there. Yeah, well, any any anime rival because this is a, basically Western anime. Uh, 
Any <laughs> anime rival, they have. That's a good ass phrase, dude. Oh my god, this is about an underdog going to nationals to beat his anime rival. I am losing my fucking mind right now. It's the haiku of jousting. I don't know what haiku is. <laughs> haiku. I I almost went into a tangent about something that is about. We're on a film podcast. So I'm not going to talk about haiku right now. <laughs> So after this training montage, this is where we finally meet Chauncer. Ugh. The, just like, Naked as the day is long. The confidence of Paul Bettany just walking down this road, bare naked, you, like, just looks over to them like, as they stare at him. He's just like, how's it going? Just keeps walking without a problem. Oh, sir. What are you doing? Uh... Trudging. You know, trudging. To trudge. To trudge the slow, weary, depressing, yet determined walk of a man who has nothing left in his life except the impulse to simply soldier on. Were you robbed? (laughs) Uh, Interesting question, actually. Yes, and then at the same time, a huge, resounding no. It's more a sort of involuntary vow of poverty. Basically, he's got a gambling problem. Without telling them. He's got a gambling yeah. problem. Yeah. Oh, but it comes up. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so, well, uh, he says the right things. He says he's a writer. His name's Jeffrey Chaucer. They've probably heard of him. They haven't. None of these people read. Um, and then he says, oh, yeah, for, for a fee, you could write them anything. And one of the things he men- mentions is patents of nobility, which they need to enter in jousting tournaments to prove that Will is a noble because chaucer lets them know that the tournament they're going to just change the rules and you need patents of nobility to prove uh you're royal on both sides of the family for the last four generations yeah and will ain't noble he was born on sheep sheep side his dad's poor as shit his dad's so poor he had to sell him well he also sold him so his son could fulfill his dream in squiring for a night but that you know they're poor shit. <laughs> uh, and that's when the legend is finally born. Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein, Lichtenstein, Lichtenstein. Of Gelderland. 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 I don't remember how the song goes again. <laughs> uh, and so we get, to the, we get to this tournament where we actually get to see William compete in this tournament. And he dominates the sword. Oh my yeah. gosh, our boy dominates the sword. It's like bullying. Like so these guys are like on their like backs and shit. But I, I we we they don't say the rules or anything. We surmise that they're not considered forfeit until they drop their sword. Because yeah, like this guy's on his knees. He's like using the sword to hold himself up and like William's still like whacking away at him. He does this like jump attack he's ready to do, but then the guy finally drops the sword and Will holds back. He's an honorable man. I think it's either only it's either two unconsciousness or either five to ten strikes. Yeah, but when the guy drops his sword, Will doesn't strike. Yeah. Once again, showing that Will's a good, good boy. He would never strike someone like that down in front of the Lord. For the Lord is always watching. He's the defender of our Lord God. But would he ride a horse into a church? Yes. And why would he ride a horse into a church? He's pursuing a fox. Oh, a fox. He's (laughs) hunting vermin for the church? No, he's hunting a foxy lady that he sees walking out. (laughs) Ooh, foxy Uh, lady. And yeah, she takes like this weird path to like get to where she's going because she walks out of what I thought was a church, but I guess not. I don't know. He sees her, like, walking down the streets, you know, like, you know, with the commoners and all that stuff. 
He's following her, loses her, like Scooby Doo, like a fucking Scooby Doo skit. She's walking up a balcony as he's looking around, and then comes out of wherever that balcony led, and back onto the streets. I'm like, <laughs> did you know you were being pursued, and that's why you did it, just to kind of swerve that shit, or were you just like, do you just like the scenic route? Because she didn't stay long enough to talk to anybody. She just legitimately thinks that's the shortest way to the church. Homegirl, you need some directions. <laughs> so she goes into the church. <laughs> uh, and then Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein wants to go introduce himself with this uh, this, this this cute lady, which the actress playing her. Um, she is cute, and she does inject a lot of personality into the uh, what I think is an otherwise kind of a bland role. Um, but yeah. Uh she makes you laugh. Yeah, like I said, I think she injects life and personality into it. I think uh, the character, uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, he follows, and then uh, you, de- and as he's following her, trying to get her details, get the deets, you know, get a phone number. Not a phone number. <laughs> it's not that time. Um, Just yeah, get a get name. Get a name, and you. she's like, you may call me a fox, for that's all that I am. And that's where the foxy lady joke. And then all of a sudden, uh, the fucking guy just comes in. You dare defile a house of God? Because he brought a horse into a church and they're escorting him out. Is that when he tells him he's <laughs> going to win the tournament for her? No, that's much, much later. That's after the letter. Oh. So they write a letter for her. Uh... Um, but like, yeah, the, the priest there is just like, the priest there is just like, oh, your beauty is such a curse. You can devote yourself to God once it fades. Pray that it happens quickly. And he gives his ring for her to kiss. And uh, I want, once again, throwing a weird thing I heard. I think she ad-libbed, the actress ad-libbed the horror where she's looking at the ring and she goes, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> pulls away and starts just chanting in Latin. The delivery for that line always gets me. On which part? Oh, uh, when she's like, oh my gosh, that's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> After he just talked to her about how, like, oh, beauty is such a curse. Oh, yes. Um, I pray good, yeah. this curse of beauty will leave me in coming years. Oh, smart. Why, Lord, did you curse me Why, with this Lord? face? Just so, look, <laughs> I love it. So smarmy. But the question is, is William a good jouster? No. Well, I mean, yes and no. Not He's... Yet. Not amazing, but he's a quick learner, and like I said, that tactic of, or that tactic that, um, I'll say tactic, sure, uh, uh, the tactic of keeping his eye on the target at all times, real big advantage over some of the other jousters. He has potential, which gets him to the finals for the jousting. Yeah. Before the finals, though, uh, we get called aside for Chaucer. Yes. Who uh, is naked again? Because Paul Bettany just has that confidence. I wish I could. Um, no, he's being uh, held by partners. I think. Yes. Debtors and partners. Simon the, for the summoner and Peter the pardoner. There you go. Beautiful. Um, which I'm pretty sure the summoner and the partner are both in the Canterbury Tales. Um, and yeah, he tells them, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, he's in debt. You were never mugged, were you? Yeah, he, he was in there for gambling problems. They're, took his clothes. He owes an incredible debt of 15 florins or gold or something like that. Uh, 10 gold florins. There you go. And, uh, 
He says, well, what happens if I don't pay you? And they said, we'll take it from his flesh. Thus to learn the price for the sin of gambling. Yeah. And then once again, because this movie just fucking hits at me, he has that, Chaucer has that earnest moment. He looks at Will and he doesn't owe him anything. He doesn't know him. They, you know, they clothed him and I would probably paid him a little bit just for the patents. But like, that's it. They're pretty much done. But he looks at it, Will and he says, please, Will. Will you help me, Sir Ulrich? Almost fl- almost uh, accidentally flubbing on the name and giving the game away. Uh, and then Will, because he's such a fucking good boy. He helps our man, Chaucer, telling him, you'll get your money. For God's sakes, give him his clothes. A good lord protects his men. And I'm just like, they love each other. He's so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> this is about friendship, and this is when true friendship begins. This is what between forged and the friendship Ulrich. exactly. Yeah. Or William. Uh, oh, that's yeah. when Chaucer does the first of many amazing introductions. Were you going to repeat them, or are you just going to? Well, I mean, we we spoke about some of them, but like he first impressed yeah. me when he saved a fatherless maiden from the clutches of hers of her perverse Turkish uncle. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people here don't like the Turks, I guess. It was a different time. Uh, it's a different time. Yeah, he's the protector of Italian virginity. Anyways, uh, yeah, he gives that amazing intro. It's awkward for a moment, but Roland saves it. And then, uh, yeah, Will does the finals. Uh, who's he up against? He's up against his new anime rival, Count Adamar, who has... Well, first off, his first match that we really see is up against Sir Colville. And Colville goes up to him and tells him, like, I am done, but I've never withdrawn from a match. So they both go, they both charge in, then go for the draw. Yeah. And then Colville withdraws from competition, thus meaning William wins. Yeah, he, uh, he... Was saving face there, yeah. I think he would have felt a little, even though he's under a pseudonym. He w- wanted to save face, not uh, not have such a blasé end to his uh, jousting. And um, again, showing William is a good man. He shows yeah. mercy, like, yeah. and he shows honor and respect. He cared about this person's request, believed that this is what they wanted, and it it worked out. First, again, we he doesn't know this yet. That is Prince Edward in disguise. Yeah. Uh, and after winning a few more jousts, he does face Count Adamar in the finals. And that is when it it seems to start off going into his favor a little bit, but he totally then gets his ass kicked. Yeah. In what universe, what world would he have ever defeated Count Adamar? Such a world does not exist, he says. He's got such good villain lines. He's such a good villain. <laughs> he knows how to taunt the main character. He kicks the crap out of out of William. And then um William uh still gets the trophy for swordplay. Um I don't think there's any like silver trophy runner up for, for this, but um but he gets the uh, he gets the, no. uh, the the one for for swordplay, so he is able to get money, sell it off, 
uh, get to pay off Chaucer's debts. He also gets to play the blacksmith, which they did. They did fuck up his armor, and so they went to look for a blacksmith. Um, to which no one's gonna go on an IOU, assuming he's gonna win anything. He promises to pay them back, but he won't get anyone to agree until they see a farrier, which he's a little pre- trepidatious about because he's like a woman f- forging armor. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but they're like, hey, beggars can't be choosers kind of thing. And so finally he sucks it up. He goes up to her. Um, and then, yeah, she, they was like, oh, well, she also wouldn't do it. But he's like, very well. I mean, they said it was a bad idea to come to you anyways. And she falls for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And Fixes like- his armor for free. And then when they find her or when they see her again. She, she does. She does it because, you know, she's like, did they say I couldn't do it because I'm a woman? And he's like, no, they said you're great with horseshoes, but shite with armor. The fact that you're a woman wasn't even mentioned. And that that gets her. That just gets her. (laughs) Our boy Will, he's a nice guy, but boy, can he gaslight. But after he wins, (laughs) she asks if she can be brought on to make his armor. And at first they refuse until... uh, while deciding to leave, even though Chaucer is telling him, no, you're still the sword champion. You have to go to the banquet tonight. You have to dance mm-hmm. and mingle and socialize. William doesn't want to do it because he doesn't know how to dance. But he has to go now because the love of his life that he just met, you know, three hours ago. Oh. Has asked what color his tunic is going to be. Can't believe he forgot about Rosalind already. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she can match him. And what's really crazy is just like Roland, tell her what yes. my tunic will look like. Company dad. And Roland's just like, uh, it will be um, green, green with um, pale green trimmings. Uh, very, a lot of leaves. And wooden toggles. And wooden toggles. And after we cut away from, uh, that little interaction, Chaucer is trying to teach William how to dance using Watt as the dance partner. While we see Company Dad creating this exact tunic right there. He's, yeah, what a fucking champ. I love Roland. Like, he's just there. He's working on it. He's sewing the fucking tunic that he mentioned. Oh, The tunic he mentioned is literally made out of the tent behind him (laughs) or behind the lady he was saying the tunic was made out of. (laughs) Literally the tent. Was it? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even notice that. No, he's literally describing the tent behind him because he's going to take that apart and make it into uh, his tunic. That's so funny. It's fucking funny. Thank you, Dan. Wooden toggles and all. And then we get a a little bit of a... That's funny. I never noticed that. Um, Get a little back and forth. This is a recurring joke between Chaucer and Watt in that Chaucer is always talking shit about... uh, Yeah, Chaucer's always talking shit about Watt um, because he's much smarter than him. He's much wittier. Uh, And then Watt just gets mad and he, um, I guess, fungs him? Yeah, gives him a good funging. I don't know what that means. I guess it just means to beat ass. (laughs) And he does. He fungs him hard. Pretty sure fonging involves, like, lashing someone, but... Whatever. Watt's not a smart guy. I don't even know what fonging means. I'd have to that look it up. That hand but... strikes like a whip. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, as they're, as they're trying to da- teach him how to dance, it's terrible. It's not going well. Uh, our blacksmith, Kate, she does have a name. Kate walks by, and she looks at them. She's like, ooh. You know? 
okay, you know, oh, that's that's good. Yeah, go on with that, and then you know, um, William asks for help. Please. Naturally, she says no, and then Roland, being once again the company dad, while he's sewing this, is like, "Hey, if I'm going through all this work, you ask her nicely." <laughs> I, everyone, everyone in this movie, is so good. Oh, uh, Roland. <laughs> and so yeah, they ask nicely. And she teaches them how to dance. It's very rudimentary. It's very simple. And a one, and two, and turn, and four, and... Switch partners. Yeah, it's great. And now Kate has officially joined the group of best friends. Yeah, she joins the party. And it's great, because she's she's awesome. She's amazing. She's an amazing blacksmith. She contributes to the group. She's a blacksmith and a woman, sometimes both. Uh... (laughs) And she's never treated as, like, an ancillary love interest for anyone. She's been married. Uh, I believe it's implied that her husband died. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, she's just her own person. She's not relegated to, like, other love interests. And it I really, think that's great. It really is nice. Movie. Because especially when we see uh, her uh, blacksmith or, like, create William's new armor does the whole double nike check marks because that's her uh, trademark signature <laughs> so people know that it's her armor <laughs> it is she's created a new way of folding the steel so it's even thinner but still as strong and he can't feel a thing even when he's wearing it you know i guess no one outside of japan at this point had mastering folding steel <laughs> so Good on her. She really pioneered something for Western civilization. But she's a woman, so none of the blacksmiths are going to listen to her. That's why he has the best armor. And no one else will be able to have that armor. Until they realize, buy from this woman. And yeah, he's got the most... It's the most lightweight. It's incredibly durable. And it's actually armor that fits him. Which is a big plus. So... Also, he totally got fucking shamed by Adamir, who's like, "Oh my god, you're you're jousting in a relic. I won't. I can't wait. I mean, that's exciting. My grandfather will be able to come out in his old armor now. Like Adamir's actually great with the burns. <laughs> he really oh, yeah. is good at shaming Will, like at every turn. Except there is one time he fails at the banquet. Oh yeah, he's such a like. <laughs> William shows up to this banquet. Where Jocelyn is there, they are both matching. They look amazing, stunning, beautiful. They do. I gotta say, Jocelyn has the weirdest taste in hats. She does. But that doesn't that doesn't come in here. I don't think she's wearing a hat in this one. But boy, howdy! So they go out to the they go out to the dance floor where they ask which dance they'll be doing. When Adamar decides to shout, "Oh, Sir Ulrich, why don't you show us one of your native dances from Gelderland?" And you definitely see uh, William start to panic in this moment. Yeah, and his dance that he's coming up with, absolute dog shit. Like, I'd be, that, that'd be me just be like, uh, uh. <laughs> I ran out of ideas, but Jocelyn, she swoops on in and saves him, incorporates his weird little, like, gestures. I'm doing the gestures, by the way. I know this is an audio <laughs> medium and no one can see me. But like, yeah, he just swings both arms to one side, swings both arms to the other side. It's it lo- It's a fucking disaster. But Homegirl comes in, st- creates a dance, and then incorporates his like two or three moves into the dance, 
and fucking just saves it. Everyone's in the dance halls dancing. This is a fucking like high school prom scene. Yeah, it's where everyone's great. in sync and they've got it right away. And everyone's everyone's hands are apart. They've got the six inches in between them for Jesus. It's great. <laughs> like if switching partners. No, men they're on one not. Side, women By on the other end, side. there is no room for Jesus. <laughs> they all become sinners halfway through this song. This it doesn't sin. even take a song. Even even Adamar is well, not even Adamar. Adamar is there, just like Meh, like all like. As we see, because... uh, as we see some like the medieval version of basic grinding <laughs> going yes. on. Yes, we see we see medieval dirty dancing. <laughs> and sir, it is a sin. God would be sh- for shamed. Anyway, for the uh, next tournament. Yeah, we go to the next tournament. Is the next tournament also the last one we see King Edward or Prince Edward in? Yes, because we find out first off Count Adamire goes up against Sir Colville, finds out from his herald that it's uh that they know for a fact it's Prince Edward, immediately withdraws. Yeah. And that's also a very important sticking point because since we, um, Sir Adamar draws, William doesn't have to fight him there. So they don't have their face off because he told, he told him, like in that first one, he said, the next time me and you meet on the list, I, you'll, you'll be looking up at me from the flat of your back. So this could have been it. This could have been the next jousting tournament. But since Adamar withdrew... It wasn't going to happen. And it turned out... Sir Thomas wins. Uh, it turned out to be a competition between uh, William and Sir Colville. And yeah, because no one wants to potentially hurt a hair on the head of the future king. Like the ire that could be brought down upon you. Because this, this is a sport that could potentially kill people. Yeah. Um, realistic. Like this is very a real. This is a very realistic chance of happening. Mid during a jousting tournament, fucking Sir Ector's spark of his life was smothered in shite. He just <laughs> died. It it happens. It happens. Yeah. So, Chaucer is able to get to William before he goes and tells him, uh, "It's Prince Edward." Yeah. Uh, and, and they're going to withdraw. You can't do this. Yeah. Like, you have to withdraw. And you see them go to put the flag, and he looks over at Prince Edward and sees the look of disappointment because he wants to joust so bad. Yeah. And in that moment decides, like, uh, fuck propriety, throws on the helm, and charges forward Lance uh, ready. Yeah. And sir, uh, well, I see Sir Thomas. Um Prince Edward, seeing this, I don't know why, for some reason, in this moment, every time he says it, he sounds like David Tennant to me, but he goes, he just reaches out and he goes, Lance, grabs it from him, <laughs> and he just like, he's like, yeah, he just, he closes his helmet, goes for the fucking joust. They joust it out, to which I believe Will wins. Uh, it, Yeah, it was one of those, I don't think it actually, like, officially goes, because after it, they meet in the middle, and they have this conversation about, like, yeah. Uh, what it took to do that and calls him and just like that is true uh, Prince Edward and like he takes off his helm and everyone's like gasp it's the prince yeah and he's like you know me and you still did it Will Will says it's not in him to withdraw and once again my voice is shaking and And that's when we secretly that's when we don't know yet but secretly Prince Edward has joined the friendship party (laughs) 
He has joined the he has joined the friends group. He's on the text thread. <laughs> He's on the text thread. He's that one guy that only barely answers, but when he yeah. does, you're just like, "Oh, I'm really glad he's when, okay." When he does, it's a fucking beggar, and everyone's like, "Ah, damn, he's back!" <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think yeah, they even have a good line in there where Charles is like, "You knowingly endanger a nobleman," and he's like, "He endangers himself." It's true. But unfortunately, after this, even though William does win, he says it doesn't matter unless he beats Count Adamire. Count yeah. Adamire gets called back to the Battle of uh, Poltiers. Oh, do they name the, the fight that he's doing? I, I just kind of took it as some nebulous, like, eh, a war is happening. Uh, no, yeah, it's the Battle of Poitiers, um, and oh. that is when William is able to achieve success after success after success at the tournaments. Yeah, he's doing great. Even Adamire gets a uh, list of all the tournament results from his Herald, and each one is Sir, Sir Ulrich, Sir Ulrich, Sir Ulrich. Ulrich, Ulrich, Ulrich. Just going through these. Then he just gets mad and stabs through. I'm like, dude, you're doing a war here? Oh, he's the leader of the Free Company, so I think they're mercenaries, right? Yes. They're not a part of any particular nation. I, I assume that means they're mercenaries, and that comes up later. So, Jocelyn and... Ulrich are fine at this point, though, right? Like, nothing bad happened between them. Yep. There was no... They didn't, like, have a fight or anything, right? After he won the tournament. Uh, yeah, no, I think after that, um... What does... Oh, because I think... Yeah, what what incites the first uh, argument, actually? I can't remember. She asks what color tunic this time, and he says, Aren't you ever tired of parties? Of putting on clothes? Uh, and then, yeah, and then she she was like, oh, I want to go to the bank with you, do, like, cute, you know, relationship stuff. And he's like, you're just, you're just a silly girl, whatever. Because uh, I think she has some kind of talks about, like, a flower. And he's like, flowers are good for nothing. They're, you can't eat a flower. A flower can't keep you warm. Um, and then, yeah, he tells, like, she... Wants to, like, keep doing all this, like, relationship shit. And he just calls her a silly girl and says, and she says she's happier being a girl with a flower than a silly boy with a stick or something like that. To which we get the amazing line, it's called a lance. Hello. <laughs> which is very timely for its period. <laughs> you oh, know, my gosh. Like Thin Lizzie and Queen. <laughs> what did we learn? What did we learn from Romeo and Juliet? Hose down your teenagers. Yeah. Um, but then he's sorry later. Much later. Um, and he wants to see her at the Tournament of Paris. He's not a writer. He's not a poet. But do you know what he has? The greatest friend group. I was going to say, a friend group? It's all in the same text thread. <laughs> the best friend group oh, of shit. all time. Does that mean Jocelyn's not in the friend text yet? Nope. <laughs> Nope, not there yet. We'll get there, though. You can be a girlfriend, we'll but there. you can't be a best friend like that. She's not in the text group yet. Anyways, uh, yeah, and so Chaucer and everyone uh, are writing this letter about her breast. I mean, above her breast, her throat. No, we just scrapped that. And we get the best sad boy collaboration letter of all time. Like, literally, all around them, they all start telling, except for Chaucer, they all oh. start... They all They're talk about, about failed, failed loves. Love. Well, yeah. the three men besides Chaucer talk about failed loves. And uh, Kate talks about a thing um, her 
her past husband. Well, her her, hu- say. her the death of her husband. Yeah, but uh, she does have a great line, which I once again showing this absolute like wonderful person that she is. That she just says like, "What is it? Love should end in hope." Even though right now in this letter we shouldn't be talking about love ending. <laughs> but you know, because yeah, like I think Jocelyn gets the letter. And she's like, "He talks as if I've died." Oh. Um, but I do love that she, she's reading the note in front of uh, Watt, who's delivered the letter, and he's crying in the background. He's just too. like, <laughs> like the letter's so beautiful. And now the letter should end, and they look to Kate's like, with hope. Love should always end with hope. And that's why love Kate. Um, speaking love of Chaucer, Kate. speaking of Chaucer, not talking about dead uh, um, relationships once again. There's like a deleted scene. I don't know why I know this, but a deleted scene where Chaucer uh, brings them to meet his wife, and she events like apparently they're just constantly in contact because she instantly knows all of them. She's like, "Let me guess, you must be Watt. I'm guessing you're Roland, and you must be Kate, or whatever." And it's like, "Holy shit!" Like keeping it together, goddamn Chaucer. But like that, that's writes to her every day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I imagine. It's like got punched in the face again, wife. <laughs> Made fun of the idiot <laughs> troll of the group. So after Jocelyn reads this letter and it's beautiful, Watt's crying, Jocelyn's crying, everyone's crying. Watt gets back to uh, William. I miss her like a flower misses the rain. <laughs> when when Watts gets back to William, just like, did she say anything? She's like, she's coming to Paris. Just like, did she say anything else? Like a gift or anything? Just like, yeah. Well, what is it, man? Just give it to me. And Watt, being a true friend. Because the love of his friend's life told him to give it to him. You could tell on the look of his face, though. He's like, <laughs> Full on kisses William on the mouth. And William, being a true friend, interprets it he's was like, a man receiving a kiss from his love from far away. And he's just jumping in the joy for joy in the background. And he's just like clicking his heels together like, yeah, did you did you see that? And like both rolling and... Um... Chaucer just like, yeah, like they're yeah. so proud for, her, yeah, for him. For <laughs> Though they realize the silliness of the situation. <laughs> so William goes to meet Jocelyn while our other friends go to the bar. And they decide to gamble. Of course, because Chaucer, once again, loves the gamble. It comes up. It's, it's a recurring thing. It wasn't just a throwaway just for the uh, one really good scene that we needed at the beginning. And three uh, rowdy Frenchmen tell them that no Englishman will win the tournament on French soil. That they that their English legs cannot uh, walk straight on their French land. And French wine is too strong for English bellies. <laughs> <laughs> and Roland's just like, fuck it, go big or go home. 50 gold pieces, no, no, let's do no. it. Ro- Roland... Roland isn't a part of it till he's like wanting to be reasonable, but everyone else is on board the gambling. They're like, Watts like, I could open up my own shop, and Kate's like, I could have a forge, and Charles is like, I could write full time, but Roland's just like, nah, 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 nah. And then one, the Frenchman come up with like, and the Pope himself is French, and that's what gets Roland. <laughs> and he says, the Pope may be French, but Jesus is English. You're on. <laughs> I fucking love that. Oh, my gosh. The Mormons were already being born in England before they came to America. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't taint Roland. I love him. Don't make him the start of Mormonism. (laughs) Not Bobby B. Not Bobby B. 
<laughs> so while this, uh, let's be real, that's a that's a good bet to make because William's been winning. But Jocelyn and, his, and the princess will be here, as he says. But Jocelyn, Jocelyn wants William to prove his love. I will say that this part, I think, is a blemish on the movie that I do not like. Why? What does Jocelyn ask for? How should one prove their love? Flowers? To prove his love. Cause he Poetry? Desi- he, he tells her. He Chocolates. Will, he will win the tournament for her. And she's oh, like, that's beautiful. You already win the tournament for yourself. You're not doing it for me. Which is true. Very true. And then she says, to prove your love... You must lose. Do go against whatever your egotism is and prove your loyalty to the one you love, which is not wrong. That is a way <laughs> he could prove his love and loyalty. Yes. I'm not obviously. against that, but she says you must lose. Unfortunately, he's got a lot of people under him who are really riding on this bet that would make them a shit ton of money. But she doesn't know that. That's not against her. So? He doesn't understand. He says, losing proves nothing other than I'm a loser. But, you know, they walk away on, like, kind of, you know, shitty terms. They're both not happy. He refuses to lose. She says, well, then you do not love me. That kind of stuff. So we go to the first pass of the tournament. William is ready. Roland, Watt, Chaucer, Cates. (laughs) Yep. So exciting. And then the match starts. The other uh, uh, landsman, I don't know, starts uh, going towards him. Uh, and then uh, William does nothing. He stands there. He doesn't even raise the lance. He doesn't move. He doesn't do anything. Gets hit. Stays on the horse. And Roland asks yep. him, what are you doing? He's just like, losing. And as soon Why? as he, he takes that first Why hit. Why are you losing? As soon as he takes that first hit, Jocelyn gets up from her chair, grasps the wooden pole next to her, clenches it tightly, and smiles, smiles. in such delight as she sees her man get just decimated this is not good you nobody should be taking this much constant harm and she says he loves me and also even when roland's asking like why are you losing he says i don't know i don't even know myself like he doesn't get it he's not learning anything he's not picking up anything like he's not getting the lesson of like, oh, this is proving my love kind of thing. He's just like, I don't know. She told me to do it, so I. Uh-huh. And then she, after that first hit, is like, he loves me. To which we get a montage of him getting the crap kicked out of him. And after that montage, it cuts to him using this like medieval device to try and pop a shoulder back in place that has like two like boards around his arm. With yeah. this, like, big, it's, like, cog to tighten them. It's a torture device. While they're talking about, like, this is dumb, you should win. It's just like, it's just like, no, I have to prove I love her. It's just like, then you should just withdraw. Because Roland is even like, you should withdraw because I cannot watch you put yourself yeah. through this much harm. Because, exactly. because, you know, company dad Roland cannot watch his, his son just get beaten like that, you know? Because the friend group cares. The friend group cares. They feel his pain. That's when Jocelyn's handmaid comes up and goes, "If you will," uh, Jocelyn says, "If you love her, you will win this tournament. You will lose no more." And uh, everyone's cheering. She's giddy and excited. William has the yeah. face of like, "What? What?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And then uh, as we go on to the lists again, Charles is like, there she is, your Venus. It's like, and yes, now and now I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, women, <laughs> huh? Uh. I hate every time I have to say this when we're watching a movie. Yeah, like I said, this is like my least favorite part of the movie. I really love this movie, but like, this is like, I don't know, that much, that much physical torture... To prove your, it's, I, I, I can't vibe with that shit. Um, and then, yeah, even then, towards the uh, afterwards, we see them in bed sinning because um, he won. And she was surprised that he looked half dead. Yeah, and she was like, oh, my God, we should take you to surgeon. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw her. He said I'd live, though it doesn't feel like it. She's like, this is all my fault. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is definitely your fault. Anyway, though, they sin in peace and in night, and yeah. it's great for everybody. Sinners! Uh, they, they win the bet with the Frenchman, get the 50 gold pieces, and Sir Ulrich von Liechtenstein is going to the championships in London. Yeah. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. <laughs> it's been 12 years since William's been home. All right. All right, this might be, like, the last time I think I have a fun fact. Oh, no, I have one more. That's a deleted scene. But um, the director, when asked about, like, the music, because when he wanted to pick the music, he was like, yeah, I want some contemporary. And then the kids, like, you know, the the modern uh, uh, demographic would love. They're like, you're not supposed to have this for, like, a medieval fantasy. He's like, what am I supposed to have? They're like, you're supposed to have orchestral music. And he's like, that's also was invented then. All this brass instruments and all that stuff was classical instruments weren't invented in medieval times. Like, you want something that's twelve, uh, six hundred years late, not something that, or you won't like something that's six hundred years late, but not, so, but you want something that's twelve hundred years late. What does it matter? <laughs> Which I think is a good fucking point, actually. Just get me some loot music and I'll be okay. Yeah, I know. We're just gonna only listen to lutes and liars, and there you go. I'll be, I'll be fine with that. Get me a bard, please. No, fuck it. Play some Thin Lizzy. Play some Bowie. Why not? I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Kaz, who's also competing in the tournament. Lord Adamire comes back. Comes Adamire. back from fighting because they were reprimanded by whoever recruited them for pillaging, laying waste to villages... I forget what he says, like committing the oldest sins in the newest ways or something like that. Like, or Lord Adamire comes back after hearing that his company's been admonished. Like, they're awful people. Lord Adamire's a shit. His contributions to the war? Fucking war crimes before the Geneva Convention. But still. Then were they war crimes? No, we're not cheering on these crimes. No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, uh, it's fucked up, but he's back. And he's here to take on William. He is showing. And even there's a moment with Count Adamire, like, is watching William joust. And he's with, like, one of his advisors. Like, it's like, how can I beat him? He's just like, at night, when he's asleep, with a hammer. But on a horse, with a lance, on the field, no chance. This admits Count Adamire will lose if he competes against William. Yep. Because William's gotten real fucking good. Um, but he comes up with a good devious plan, as I think one night William uh, starts just doing a victory lap around his old his old watering hole, going around Cheapside. Um, sees a girl who's like, "Oh my God, you're weird. I'm sorry, you're Sir Ulrich," and he's just like, "Have you heard of this man? What's his name? Bill Thatcher? 
Was it Bill? Whatever. He's looking for the husband of Margaret Thatcher. John. That's not right. <laughs> John Thatcher. Uh, good. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that joke went, un- went, un- went unnoticed. I really don't want to acknowledge it. Uh, oh, I John Thatcher. It. Shut up. John Thatcher. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yes, sir. He li- still lives right there, the same spot. Though he's always at the window and nobody knows why. He's like, what? Why? What's that? He's blind, sir. <laughs> so... So he goes, visits his old dad. It's a very, once again, I'm just like, it's a very touching moment. <laughs> he sees his, his dad and he's like, I come on behalf of your son, William. I'm Sir Ulrich. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh no, he's still living, right? He's like, yes, he lives. He just wanted to tell you that he was able to change his stars, which is his dad's big hint. It's like, oh, I'm not talking to Ulrich. I'm talking and, to my and, boy. <laughs> and... And did he follow his feet? He did. He did follow his feet. <laughs> I love. I love this movie so much. And then, yeah, they hug it out. They cry. It's a really fucking good moment. Um, but as and they hang out. They split a whole ass chicken and bread, because that's what you did back then, I guess. But unfortunately, Adamire followed him. Yeah, and he sees that he's visiting someone. Uncovers some news that apparently William is. Of the poor. And when William is ready to joust tomorrow, he is told by Jocelyn and Chaucer of the death of Sol Ulrich von Liechtenstein and his immediate arrest on the list fields for impersonating a noble. And here's the part where they're like, you gotta run, you gotta get out of there. And he texts everyone in the friend group. It's like, this is where Jocelyn is in the friend group. She's now part of the friend group. She's officially there. Mm-hmm. They've sinned. She's one of them now. Uh, so, so yeah, he's like texting everyone, like, "Hey, come on, like, I gotta do it right." And they're just like, "No, we want what's best for you. We can't see you like that. We can't see you shamed. We don't want to see you beaten. We don't want to see you possibly executed. We don't want. We can't see you taken away in manacles, kind of thing." Chaucer agrees. Jocelyn agrees. Uh, Roland agrees, even though like uh, Jocelyn's like, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll we'll go. We'll meet. And he's like, you don't know what it's like to live in poverty. Like, What are you going to do? Like, we're going to sleep with the pigs as we bring them in when it rains. And she's like, yes, we'll sleep with the pigs. She has no clue. She's only lived a life of privilege. And he knows that. Uh, it's beautiful. I just fucking love this movie. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, he looks to what? He's like, we're not the kind of runaway. He's like, yeah, we're not. But we should this one time. <laughs> like, no one is on his side. It's, it's time to run, William. And he doesn't listen. And he gets arrested. He decides to go out. Um, gets arrested. Puts, gets put in a cell. While chained up. Adamar comes in for his gloat. Beats the crap out of William. Tells him there's no world where he could ever beat him again. And we next see William uh, in the stocks. Oh, yeah, I love, by the way, when they have the Thin Lizzy boys are back in time playing, like, William's passing by the stocks, there's, like, a kid sitting on the stocks, whatever, and he's, like, cheering on, like, William and shit. Next time we see William in stocks, this as this crowd is booing and throwing fruit and vegetables at William, this fucking kid goes over and fucking slaps him on the head and runs. I mean, this shit, this absolute little shit. And then we see, like, the best friends ever, Roland, Kate, Watt, I'll jump up. Watt's like, I will fong any of you. Yeah. <laughs> Watt's ready to fong people. <laughs> Kate's there with like a badass with two fucking forge hammers ready to fucking hammer anyone. Roland has a big fucking stick. 
Roland also is. That's where Roland has the line where he's like, "God love you, William," and so do I, because he refuses to leave his side. This is beautiful. Because <laughs> they're the best friends ever. <laughs> uh, and Chaucer, oh man, you sent me the best deleted scene. I ever. did. I sent you the deleted scene. There's my last fun fact. But if you remember it, do you want to like say what happens? No, I don't want to take this from you. I didn't even know this existed until oh, you showed yeah. it to so me. So there was a deleted scene that they took out that both Paul Bettany and the director loved. But they, I think they took it out because they felt it got in the way of uh, Prince Edward's intervention, which I think is true. I do love this scene. Oh, it definitely did. It would have taken away where basically everyone's booing and we have the part in the movie where uh, Charles is like, listen to me. And they're throwing vegetables at him and he goes, listen to me. But they're not listening. In the original scene, it cuts to Prince Edward. He comes in, he does an intervention, which is how I think the movie should have gone. But in the deleted scene, someone throws like some weird green to like paste or something at him, and he like licks it. He's like, "Mother, is my mother here? I'd recognize this cooking anywhere." <laughs> mother, please, you at least go home. I tell you tonight how it turns out. I hope it is good news, Mum. I hope I can tell you that I managed to convince these good people to leave my Lord William unharmed. For I have never seen a heart like the one that beats inside this man. Great it is! Swollen with all the virtues risen of pride, forthright, free, courageous, constant, and most of all, with hope. My lord, it's true, was born poor in Cheapside, London, and so what? For he is as true as steel. No truer. For he is like gold to me. He is like gold, and you and I are merely iron. And yet you people, you would come to see him rust. And everyone's just kind of like, whoa, fuck, shit. (laughs) And he controls the crowd. But Chaucer would be too overpowered if they gave that to him. It was that Nat 20 charisma bard role. It's that Nat 20 charisma bard role, exactly. It was too beautiful, but... As it should happen in this movie, Prince Edward intervenes and tells him it's like, it's like we meet like this again, huh? Just like two people always pretending to be someone else. Oh, and he also has the really good line where he said, um, your, 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 your men clearly love you. And if I knew nothing else about you, that would be enough. But you also tilt when you should run. And he frees him from the stocks. It's beautiful. And now he's in the friend group. And everyone's like, ah! <laughs> he's just like, you helped me. Allow, let me return the favor. Neil, William. And then pulls out the sword. Oh, and we're just like, ah, he's part yeah. of the friend and group. And then that look, that look once again on Chaucer's face when he sees Will Knighted. Because they, they frame it right in front of Paul Bettany. And that look of just absolute, just like pride, like like he's holding back tears. Oh, it's so good. And Prince Edward even says, just like, it has been recently discovered 
that William here dates by my back from an ancient. By, by personal historians, that William <laughs> here dates back from an ancient royal bloodline of kings. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, and because it's my word, it's beyond contestation. And it's like basically just flexing that Prince Edward's big dick, where it's like, yeah, who's gonna? You, what are you gonna? You gonna question Prince Edward? No. Neil William <laughs> Thatcher and rise as Sir William Thatcher. Now I believe you have a joust to get to. It's yeah. so are you, good. Are you fit to compete <laughs> in my tournament? Give yeah, me and, quite the finale. And then he goes because of course he does, and he fights. He goes against. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Count Adam Adamar. Who is pissed? William is now a knight, so he tar- he decides to fight fair. No, what? No, he cheats. What? He gets like what is it? Sugar what? and bootlack. puts a puts a sharp uh, point to his lance, and also puts like this because uh, his his lance all have a big fist on him, like a pewter looking fist, mm-hmm. and he uh, has it just made of sugar, so it just breaks easily. And so that way he could just stab into Will, because he's a cheater McCheaterson who can't win by himself. Resorting to playground name-calling. Yeah, I hate him that much. And it works. William loses the second pass and is told if he's going to win this, he has to unseat Adamar. Adamar, which has, like, never been done. Well, he stabs him in the first pass, and then the second one, he drops his lance. He can't even hold it, and so he just gets fucking bodied by Adamar. Stays sorry on though. Sorry to use fighting, fighting, uh, fight fighting game terms. But so when they reach the third one, that's where it's like, yeah, you have to just either unhorse him or kill him. So they take off his armor so he can breathe, and he tells him to leave it off. He commands Watt to lash the uh, lance to his arm so he can keep it in place, and. Uh, and while they ch- they need to bide for time, so Chaucer goes to give his introduction, and he gives the most beautiful introduction. <laughs> and it's the power of friendship, and I love it. He talks about how yes, he's one of you. He came from where y'all came, in, and he gets to finally introduce him as Sir William Thatcher. He does it, and then uh, even Watt is like, "Hey, Jocelyn's here. She's in the friend group. She texts your dad to come over." And so she brought him over, and then, like, yeah, he's like, your dad's watching, Will. And it's like, oh, oh, it's so good. (laughs) So it's the third pass. They go towards it. William is riding. He is getting closer. Then screams, William! (laughs) So I said the thing with Jocelyn was, like, the biggest, like, blight on this otherwise movie that I love so much. This part is really dorky, too. He's just cheering. He's just shouting his own name as he's going, William! Just going for that lens. But despite that dorkiness... It's a, still a good-ass scene where he fucking knocks Count Adamar on his ass. And before he can hit the ground, we get a dramatic interpretation of what I think is the moments before he hits the dirt. Like, time stops, and he's on his back facing upward as the entire friend group uh, sends, like, that text to that one mean girl bitch who's just like... <laughs> Using their own insult against them, or each one of them says a line of, you've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found 
absolutely wanting. Welcome to the new world. And it gets a little... <laughs> with a wink. <laughs> and then we go back to... William! <laughs> As he gets hit again. And then he fall. He finally falls all the way off his back. He's defeated. Our knight is victorious. The friend group is saved. He's a knight now. Everyone's... This is such a fucking just feel-good ending. The father's <laughs> looking at the sky even though he's blind because he knows his son has changed his stars. The... Yeah. Jocelyn and William are sinning amongst everybody while fading into the scars. They can reconcile with the Lord later. And it is just... It ends like that, and it's... You don't need anything else. You really don't. I love this movie, dude. I love this movie. So, like, you know, like... Yeah, like, he changes his stars, and it's... He made... he, He squired for someone, made real good, deep relationship with Roland, had friends, loyal friends along the way. Even this blacksmith who was just there on kind of a work, you know... Your contract basis of like just get me to Paris. She ends up becoming so invested in this fucking team. His mercy slash his determination towards Prince Edward. Everything culminates to like him changing his fate, and it's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> I, yeah. The most beautiful, like you really put it the right way. It is the most beautiful story of the power of friendship. It is. <sighs> it's great. And I like I said, I whenever we picked this, I said I unironically love the shit out of this movie, dude. <laughs> I don't blame you. And that just brings us to the question. So did you like it? I already answered that. <laughs> I love the shit out of this movie. It has a bit of an issue with Jocelyn. I think she, her, her character as written is a little bit bland. But I think the, char- the, the actress playing her brings a good life into it. But that one scene, eh, little, eh. <laughs> and then him uh, shouting William is kind of really goofy um but i think count animar is a great bad guy everyone's a great friend to william they all seem like they're having a really good time and chaucer is my favorite character of the whole fucking movie i love this movie squaring sorry our lordship sir squaring yes did you like this movie i love this movie too it's just if there are certain movies that you can just always turn on, and no matter what mood you're in, the movie's going to make you just feel better. And that's what this movie does. Yes. It is it is funny. It's got a great soundtrack, even though, yes, it has modern music. Uh, it's got amazing cast. Everything about this movie just works. Even these little small moments are easily overlooked because five minutes later you are having the time of your life again, either in a joust or Watt saying he's going to fong somebody or Chaucer just running like uh, lyrical circles around people. It's Or just seeing... <laughs> just seeing young fuckboy Paul Bettany's butt. Ugh! Ugh! Something to think about, you know? <laughs> Something to think about. That's my vision. Uh... Hey! <laughs> oh shit, that guy plays Vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kaz, you got anything to plug? Uh, I think I plugged the shit out of your channel with my intro. Yeah, now I need just you plug to yourself. No, I need you All to right. do a Chaucer-like intro <laughs> outro for me. Go ahead, I'll wait. <laughs> Uh, we're uh, second respawn at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. 
My lords and ladies, I was joined today by one who has gone through time itself, taking down 13 horrible, terrifying sentinels, who has followed the golden compass into the heart of the sun itself, who can look into the eyes of a monster and simply just giggle. My hero, my favorite artist, Kaz of Second Respawn! And you can follow them at twitch.tv slash second respawn or follow them at twitter.com slash second underscore respawn. Uh, second respawn just made me think of like those DJs who go, make some noise. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, all the accolades I said at the very onset for this one, you can see all that and more because those are things he's done uh, at twitch.tv forward slash sir square. Now I can't talk for shit. That's (laughs) twitch.tv forward slash sir square and sir... S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. Next week, um, we will be going into Hook. Steven Spielberg Hooks. Uh, oh, did you want to plug uh, our editor? Of course. You know what? I am so sorry. Shout out. I can't wait for that, Chaucer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. <clears throat> A wonderful word about our editor. Sir Tucker Winstanley. You can also find his music at Spotify for Tucker Winstanley, a fellow castle crasher, a master tactician of armies of... Oh, that's the best way to put it. Uh, now I'm lost, actually. <laughs> I don't think I can do it now. I fucked up. <laughs> but honestly, shout out to uh, our editor at Tucker Winstanley on Twitter. Um, also... Tucker uh, underscore wins uh, at Twitch. He puts a lot of great work for us every week. This uh, podcast comes out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and it's only possible because of the work he puts in. It's incredible. So shout out to him. Again, next week we're going to be tackling Hook with uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, Robin Williams, one of my favorite childhood films. I can't wait for him to edit uh, his intro to get like all of our intros gonna have some epic music in the background and then when you're doing his it, his introduction it's like starts epic and then it just kind of falls into like a weird like <laughs> <laughs> either a record scratch or just kind of a, like a fade off and a woo <laughs> <laughs> well just remember at the end of the day Drop your religions, drop your science, drop your politics. All you need is friendship. Friendship will get you everywhere. Believe in your friendship. Make your friends friends for all. But leave six inches between you and the Lord. (laughs) 